but if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Genesis 16. We're going to read verses 1 through 15, and then uh, in chapter 17, uh, we'll read uh, a little bit there as well. Just trying to summarize this story here this morning. And now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. This is such a key part of the story, you guys. Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maid servant named Hagar. And so she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maid servant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarah said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan ten years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian maid servant Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. And he slept with Hagar, and she conceived. And when she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. And Sarai said to Abraham, You are responsible for this wrong I am suffering. I put my servant into your arms, and now she knows she is pregnant. She despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. And in contrast to that development there in chapter 17, beginning in verse 1, it says, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. And Abram fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be called Abraham. For I have made you the father of many nations and will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. And I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for generations to come to be your God and that the God of your descendants after you The whole land of Canaan, where you are now an alien, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. And in verse 15, God also said to to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai, her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and I will surely give you a son by her and I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations kings of peoples will come from her. And Abram fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of ninety? And Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael could might live under your blessing. And then God said to, to him, Yes, your wife Sarah will bear you a son and you will call him Isaac and I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. And Lord, we we ask that you would help us just to understand just a small portion of the story to be encouraged and and grow in this morning. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, you guys, for standing while we read God's word there. Um, Probably one of the quicker sermons I think I'm going to preach just because I don't there's so much here, I don't want to get lost in the, in, in the different parts of the story. 
Uh, but as you know, Abram uh, is met by God and sent out from where he lived, and he's following God, and, and God begins to unfold his promise to him and says to him, you're going to be this incredible nation, and descendants are going to come through you, and the whole world is basically going to be blessed through you. And of course, as Christians, we, we know, we, we see how that plays out, right? We're, we're kind of running rewind of the whole thing. And we see that it goes that that whole thing had played out and, and meant Christ coming into the world. That the ultimate way in which God was going to bless all the nations of the world was through the descendants of Abraham. Jesus, our Lord, would be born and he would come and, and, and give his life for us. And, and to be the, the offering for sin, that his life in our place, and, and that's the gospel is that through Jesus Christ, we can have the forgiveness of sin. And this was that promise being lived out in Abram. That God has had this history, you guys, for salvation. That it's, it, again, it's not about you and what you're doing. And, and goodness, I pray that there's one thing that's super clear in this story about that. That if it's about us and what we do, we're going to mess it up. And, and I say that in respect to my friends named Jack that are here this morning. Okay, because you know what I mean. We're going to jack the whole thing up. We're going to just cause problems to come in every particular way. When we try and establish our own righteousness and we try and establish our own way before God. And so we have this story, uh, though, that's really interesting um, because... In the midst of promise, uh, it's not easy, right? Uh, I, I remember when uh, in, in the year 16 of my own marriage, when we were hoping to have a family, uh, you know, I, I would, and I've shared this story before, but I, I'd be the dumb husband that would come home from like the youth event on just like this random Wednesday night in the middle of no, you know, the middle of the just life in my perspective. And and I'd find my wife and she would be maybe just sitting on a rocking chair with her Bible out or something. And there'd be these tears coming down and and I'd be like, oh, what's wrong? And and I would totally forget this whole uh, hope that we had of, of having a family. And and she would be aware of the fact that she was not pregnant and that life was going on and that that particular hope that we had was not being fulfilled. Do you know that that happened in Sarah's life? Uh, I did the math, and the, the potential of that math is 288 times. Okay, and and that, that's in a, an X amount of, of year period. Uh, but I I didn't. Uh, let's just round that down to 250. Let's just say that in that length of time, that her monthly cycle, that she knew I'm not pregnant. And, and, I, and I think maybe the gals in here could bear the weight of that a whole lot more than us guys. You've got God Almighty giving you a promise that you're going to have descendants. And, and Abraham's trying to be a man of faith. But Sarah is, is holding that really in a practical way that probably broke her heart like every month. And, and she had to go to Abram and say... You know, it's just not happening. 
you know, and, and you just wonder, right? Like there's, there's not a whole lot of detail given about that. But I think as, as husbands, wives here, you probably could just wonder what that conversation must have been like at times to the point that she says, Hagar, my maidservant, you could take her as a wife. You know, give that a try, Abraham. And, and so he, he does, and, and she conceives. And, and Ishmael is born, and if you know the history of that, there's tension between those guys right away. There was tension even, even in, amongst Hagar and, and Sarah, right? Because there was the, the jealousy and the envy and the, the despising of one another. And then as soon as the, the little guy was born and Isaac comes along, there's tension there. And, and that family ends up getting driven away. And, uh, you know, I'm not a super world historian guy, you know, calculating all that. I've heard the teachings on this nation and that nation and who these people are. But I tell you, you don't have to know anything about the whole Middle East situation. To, to I mean, you could know very little and know that it's, it's just this place of incredible peace and harmony, right? Um, yeah, thank you. For the laugh there. <laughs> and, and so these are, these are the beginnings of that, or at least some of the underpinnings of that, major parts of it. But what I'd like to focus on this morning is our tendency as people to try and figure things out for ourselves. I, I, I want to really leap to that application this morning. Um, I, I want us to do it with compassion because... Uh, I don't know about you, but if you tried something and, and you got the feedback 288 times that it wasn't working, um, how many of you would keep seeing if you could make that particular thing happen? I, I mean, we, we have that funny saying, right, that that's insanity, right? If you keep trying to do the same thing with the same results, right, and, and, and you, you're hoping for something different, um, and, and, and yet they believe the promise of God, but that's how they had to own it. That's how they had to own it. That's how Sarah had to own that. You know, just time and time again. Whatever God said isn't happening yet. And for years, you guys, years and years went by before God fulfilled His promise. But what happened along the way, though, I, I think it was right around year 10 in it, I, and I could be wrong on that, but right in there, in that getting up in the, in the, in the time where it's beginning to almost feel ridiculous, right, that things aren't working out, uh, you have this idea come, and it... Seems like an okay idea. Maybe it seems super logical even. Anybody done that before where it seems super logical what you needed to do for the Lord or to help Him with His plan and it didn't work out? Yeah, all of us. Like we should be raising both hands and both feet. Um, if someone could try that, we'll watch. He uh, could do it up here on the stool. Now listen to this one text I put in your bullets in there, Isaiah 55. I, I love this passage. Um, God's speaking out. It says, let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. So, hey, no matter what, we know that that 
is, is a direction that we always want to go. We can always be sure of that, that the will of God and the plan of God is not you doing something wrong. Okay? Uh, unless it was some decree that was made that didn't allow you to live out your faith properly or something like that, uh, then, you know, like, like Peter and John said, hey, you guys decide whether it's right or wrong to obey you rather than God. Because they told him, hey, don't speak about Jesus anymore. And so there are those situations, but for the most part, let the wicked change their ways, banish the very thought of doing wrong, let them turn to the Lord that He may have mercy on them. And start right there. Okay? You need to turn to God for mercy in Christ. Don't be trying to figure out what His will for your life is without first coming and bowing at His feet. That's His will for your life, is that you'd be made right with Him through faith in Christ, first and foremost. So if you're asking that question, yeah, I don't really know what God has for me or God wants me to do. I know one thing absolutely for sure. He wants you to turn to Him in faith and put your total trust in what He's done that you could be saved. And now your life is ordered properly to where you're like, okay, what's my next instructions, Lord? And then maybe you might have to wait 12 years to get that download. I don't know. But the first and foremost thing is to turn to Him through faith in Christ, that He would have mercy on you. Yes, turn to our God, for He will forgive generously. And then the text goes on and says this, My thoughts, this is God speaking, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And, and Christian, reorder your life to that. That we, on our knees, at our home, praying for our kids, praying for our future, praying for the Hispanic church, praying for whatever, envisioning whatever, planning whatever, that you would have that humility to go, wow, time out. I've got some great ideas and some vision and some zeal. But Lord, your thoughts, your thoughts are nothing like my thoughts. Your ways are so far beyond even my imagination. And so we would just ask, Lord, that just as the heavens are higher and then the earth, your ways are higher than ours and your thoughts higher than ours. Then, Lord, give us your thoughts. Help my thoughts to submit to your thoughts. And, and that's going to take you spending time right here and being still before God and waiting on the Lord. That would be the first blank there that I'd like you to fill in. Wait on the Lord. Because... What happens in Sarah and Abraham's life is, is they do. They try and take it into their own hands. And it, and it does work out that Abram gets with Hagar and Hagar conceives and Ishmael is born. And, and God says, I'm going to bless him and there's going to be a nation from him. But I tell you what, if you just follow 
that train of history from that point on. There's strife, there's tension, there's huge problems. Because God's people got ahead of what God would do. And that should scare you a little bit. (laughs) I'm not going to sugarcoat that this morning. It should startle you to go, goodness, I need to wait on you, Lord. I need to really hear you and listen to you. And so uh, write that down. Wait on the Lord. Circle the word wait. Because waiting on the Lord is nothing short of waiting on the Lord. And I know it's really difficult. I, I have a super hard time with that. Um, I, I, uh, I'm a guy that, that has ideas. And, and, uh, and I, I just live in this weird tension. We were praying this morning. And I just all of a sudden it came clear to me what I had left at my house even this morning. And it's just I live in that weird like just sort of. You know, you guys call me Pastor Dude. Some of you for PD. I, I call myself Pastor Pinball sometimes. Because I just, I'm bouncing around and there's all these great noises until I just fall down in the little hole. And then I come out and I get launched out again the next week. And ding, 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 ding. It's kind of fun. Um, but it's, 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 it's not always conducive for waiting on the Lord unless I get really intentional. And, I, and I, I, I'm just trying to share that with you that I know I need to be even more intentional. I don't want you to think that it's super easy for me. I don't want to lie about that, I, and I, nor do I just want to say, hey, wait on the Lord as though I have it all down. Um, but I also don't want to say anything less than inviting you to this life of waiting upon Him. Otherwise, we, we train wreck things all the time and we create scenarios that are ahead of God's purpose. And that is a tough thing when you, especially for me, I'm, I'm steeped in the theology of sovereign God, His purposes prevail. And then he, he introduces clearly in Scripture, oh, but you can add a lot of stuff in there, people. You can do a lot of things actually ahead of me and without me. And you can even speak to the point where Jesus looks at Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. Isn't that amazing? You don't have the purposes of God in mind. And, and, and then, you know, so Peter's getting it right and he's getting his zeal down. And then there at, the, at the, the opportunity when Jesus is being taken away, man, he's like, forget that. And he pulls out his sword and chops off some guy's ear. And Jesus has to tell him again, time out, bro. I, I, you, you got this incredible zeal, but... Like the Bible says, zeal without knowledge is foolishness. And so church, just know that we, as individuals and as a corporate body, we can get ahead of the Lord all the time. And so what we want to do is wait on the Lord. Well, following that, now I'm kind of going to leave the story a little bit, other than just to say historically how it laid out. They did that, but then God visited them again. And, and we'll talk about other aspects of the story another time. But God did fulfill his promise through Sarah uh, becoming pregnant and she gives birth to Isaac. And it's this incredible story. You know what? God just says, no, in, in my time, I did work it out. I will work it out. And that's the thing that we've got to keep our, our minds on. 
It's like we get the chance to step back and look at this story and go, well, they got ahead of the Lord, but God still came through. But because of this, there's all these problems later on that God, yes, he's still redeeming and working in. But wow, I wonder what it would have been like without them stepping ahead of him. And we should step back and go, wow, I need to learn from that. God, help me not get ahead of you. And so what happens a lot is that I think that because of our fears, we get ahead of God. We get afraid that he's not going to come through for us. Has anybody ever been afraid of that? I mean, goodness sakes, I'm like so excited to see you guys this morning. You know, all week I was afraid that none of you were coming. So, um, you know, I, I live in that every week. It's just the weirdest thing. And, and, and yet... Those fears can drive us to do weird things. If you live out of the fears that are in your life, they will cause all kinds of havoc in you. And so I want you to hear this text from First uh, John without the H. First um, John, there is no fear in love but perfect love drives out fear. God's love coming in your heart wants to dispel the fears in your life that you have. And it's not magical though, okay? The word you want to write down is submit. Submit your fears to God and His Word. I think sometimes we think as Christians that we're not going to worry about things that we're not going to have fear, that we're not going to doubt, because we think that that's like the real true spiritual person doesn't ever fear anything. They don't worry about anything. They never have any doubts. And we tend to think that that's what we might attain magically in our Christian life someday, or if we live long enough, or if we just get in the right place and catch the blessing that, Obviously, the person has next to us because they never have any of these problems. No, we're going to have those issues. What we need to do with them is what learn how to submit them to the Lord. God, it's year 12 in this thing. It's cycle number 200, whatever. I, long time. Your promise isn't coming through. And what we're thinking about is doing this. God, would that be what you had had? Is that, a, is that a, a, a caving in on our faith? Is that us working things out ourselves? What would you have us do? You see, submitting your fears to God and His Word is really what is required in our lives. And, and then God begins to just help us along in it and begins to quiet our heart and begins to to just mature us. Because it's, it's actually at that place where you fear again or you worry again or where you doubt again that actually that's where you're stretched now to the point where you're growing again. Isn't it, isn't it odd? Like we want to grow uh, and mature as Christians, but we never want to fear, we never want to doubt, we never want to worry because we think those are bad things. But actually when God brings us to that particular place, where's Todd Hensley? Like, he would tell me that, right? He'd say, Mark, if you just do 10 minutes on the treadmill the rest of your life, it's not going to help you. <laughs> Bro, you've got to push into the 11-minute mark, okay? And then after that, maybe try 12. 
and go ahead and, and bump the little speed up and the incline each time, okay? And the same thing that God does in our lives, right? And he does it through trials, and we know those different things, but we see in their life that the crisis of this thing is not coming to pass, what can we do? Now, the, the flip side of that, right, is, is we've, we've met people at times that aren't doing anything, right? And, and we're not sure about that either, right? The, the guy that's, that's not working or not trying to find work, the, 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 the college-age student that's not taking any classes but doesn't have a job, right? We, we've all, either we've been that person, you know, I remember the dumbest thing I ever said to my dad when my, he looked at me one day and he said, you know, when I was your age, he said I was getting my butt shot off in Korea. And I was a stupid enough teenager to go, well, dad, there's no wars for me to get to join in. And oh my gosh, I am, I am so lucky that I'm still not bouncing somewhere down in South America right now from just the boot of my father out the front door. Um. But I, I've been that person that is, is, you know, calling, waiting on the Lord and submitting my fears and my worries and everything. And I'm actually hiding behind that, too, where I'm not really going, okay, Lord, really, tomorrow, I, I want to, to just at least understand in my own heart what step one is, God. And that I won't get ahead of you, Lord, um, but I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to hide behind not, not doing the things that I know I'm supposed to be doing. And so we, we do have to live in that. And so the next point then would be um, to allow, allow conviction to lead you in repentance. Allow, allow the Holy Spirit to really convict you. I, I'm just always amazed at at how even amongst people that I think are mature in Christ, how um, we slowly, subtly come back to that place where we're, we're owning faith in, in, the, in the perspective of I, I just want to do good and be good and be all that so that God's impressed with me. And, and you subtly have that to the point that when conviction comes, you're you're more worried about conviction in your heart than you because because it it makes you um, I, I'm I'm trying to grasp for words here but have you ever have you ever talked to a kid like that and you're just like stop time out just 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 say you blew it it's okay to go sorry I try to teach my kids that it's like it is okay. For you to go, you know what, Dad, I, I totally tanked on that. Like, it's okay to say, you know what, I, I actually forgot, Dad, to take out the trash, and I'm sorry. Like, not that that's a big issue in my house. I know you're worried for my kids or whatever. But do you ever notice, like, sometimes that youthful thing comes out in us where we just want to throw excuses at stuff all the time? You know, ch- check with me after the service when I start talking about all the things I left at home. And you'll be like, Mark. Don't offer any excuses. Just say you left it at home, bro, and you totally, uh, you know, weren't planning the thing well. Uh, we tend to want to offer all this stuff, but what 
if we can allow conviction to lead us in repentance, then we can be before God and be saying, oh, Lord, I've actually taken this thing into my own hands. I've actually gotten ahead of you or I'm actually not listening to you or actually my life is so well managed now that I don't even pay attention to you, God. The world's impressed that I'm super successful and I'm doing everything just right. But somehow I've crowded you out, Lord. And I and I need to welcome you back in because your ways are higher than my ways. And and that. I want to be doing what you want, right? And I and we again, we get to step back and look at the story and again, not critically. um, this was not just some quick idea that Hagar and Sarah came up with to fix the thing. Oh, we got, you were the, <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble with you gals. But you're be like, we're the gals, we've got it. <laughs> you guys don't know what you're doing, so we meet together. You, you know that whole deal. You're not laughing. I, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in deep trouble right now. But I would say that's probably happened a few times in history. Um, and, and you know what? Or, or us guys, we do the same thing. Well, let me fix it, right? You know, we get that way. Um, but we, we, again, get that chance to step back and go, wow. By not waiting, by not allowing conviction to come in, we can sure mess things up incredibly. So what do we want to do? We want to examine or assess. I'm trying to, similar words, right? The next line there, I'll give you enough space to write down, examine, assess. Assess your heart and mind through spiritual disciplines, through quieting yourself before the Lord, through through praying, through reading Scripture, um, acknowledging, God, I desperately need to pay attention to you so that I know what it is that you would want me to do. Corinthians says, speaks about examining ourselves to see whether we're in the faith. And, and there's, a, there's a slight different context to that whole passage there. Um, but the idea is what I want to bring forward here is that we would just go, wow, Lord, I need to check myself to see if I'm in step with you. And I don't want to complicate that so much to where life becomes just this spiritual thing where we live in the clouds. I don't, we don't mean that at all. But it's just that that practical thing of of giving God the time to be able to speak into your life. And so I, I am I am so so grateful for the story. And I did say it was going to be a short message today, so I better do that very thing. Uh, last thought I had on this was just on my way here this morning. I was thinking of the text that talks about abiding in Christ and how Jesus calls us to abide in Him. And and I was thinking. You know, that's not, God's not putting that out as a test. The Lord doesn't say, abide in me as though that's a test. Like, we'll see if you can do it. No, it's, it's a revelation to you of how life is to be lived. Truly, fully connected to Him. He says He's the vine and you're the branches. And so, picturing that my life is lived in Him and I'm, I'm drawing life from him is something that we need to do over and over and especially in light of this story where we see God's people get ahead of God's plan.
Let's pray. Lord, you know, I, I think um, if we've walked long enough with you, each of us could could remember a time in our life where we have gotten ahead of your plan and we've tried to figure things out for ourselves and uh, we've, we've messed up and we've caused even strife to happen in the world and Lord uh, how, how just that should startle us God that that we can see that in, in Scripture, Lord. Um, Lord, we would ask that you would help us to um, slow down and wait upon you. And even in those super logical moments, Lord, we we hear that summons of your word. That's It's become even almost like a trite saying to us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But God, what a nugget you've given us in that. And Lord, maybe our own understanding is the right thing and it's super clear. But Lord, you first call us to get to that place where our leaning is upon you. And our waiting is upon you. And our heart is inclined to hear your convicting voice. And you're, you're growing us, Lord. And we're able to assess the situation and say, I, Lord, I, I think you know that my heart is to just want to come before you in this as best as possible. Lord, that that could be the reply of our heart. Rather than, oh, wow, Lord, I've, I've done it again. I've gotten ahead of you. Thank you, Lord, that you do redeem. And we see that in this story as well. You do change us, God. And you do even promise blessing over the things, God, that we've messed up. So, Lord, thank you for your grace in that. Today we just ask anew that you'd, you'd help us to be those who are truly working out this process of waiting upon you. And we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.